How's it, guys? Welcome back for another episode with me, Nick, and my buddy, Ronnie. How's it, everyone? So, as some of you would have seen from our social media, we had quite the wild weekend down in Cape Town. A little longer than our last 36 hours there, hey, Ronald? Yeah, so this one was a lot cheaper than our previous run. I think we calculated it cost us 500 rand per hour. Yeah, last time. Last time, and, and this time, not so much. Yeah, so we still got there very late on Friday night. But yeah, so what happened was, Friday morning, as a bit of a joke, I sent Ronnie some photos of the flight prices down to Cape Town. Then we went on with our day. I was actually sitting in court waiting to address the judge. Ronnie was in a business meeting, and next minute we got offered accommodation down there, hey, Ronnie? The next minute, the dominoes just fell as they should have. Yeah, exactly into place. So shout out to Gerard for the accommodation. Check him out on Airbnb, guys. 16 on Brie. What a lack of spot that was, hey, Ronald? Yeah, perfect. Could see everything. Could see Greenpoint. Could see the other side of Cape Town. I don't know what that's called, but you could see everything. Almost every floor of FNB. Almost every floor. We saw the after-hours call center. It was really after-hours. Yeah, if any of you guys by chance listen to Punted, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Looked like it was quite a stressful time in that window. <laughs> We're the morons that only landed in Cape Town at about midnight. We like to do that. Yeah, we, it seems to be our thing. But Ronnie, what's up with Cape Town and these petrol stations not being open at night? Yeah, no, that's it's really difficult to find a place where you can buy a cool drink at that time of night. Eh? And there's uh, security and they don't really have these shops, right? Yeah, they don't let you in. They put you on the spot, make you buy silly things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we had, a, we had a lacquer trip down there. We got to check out Table Mountain. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty flat, so whoever chiseled the top of Table Mountain did a good job. Yeah, it must have been a hell of a lot of work. You should offer your services for the Greenpoint pitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> outstanding, right? And then we also went to the Two Oceans Aquarium. That was pretty cool. I love that jellyfish room. Yeah, I couldn't recommend that enough. I haven't been to the aquarium in a very long time. So we did, we did have some time on our hands and decided to go check that out. We The Springbok Museum would have been on the cards a couple of years ago, but this time around, we had to go to the aquarium, but fantastic. Yeah, well, we'll get into the game that we watched. Obviously, we were down there for the Stormers-Bulls game. but we, before... Neither of us support either of those teams. So That's you... true. So, real cheers from this. Real cheers. <laughs> and, you know, Ronnie's always going on in the pod about how much he dislikes the Stormers. But then, Cape Town, what's going on? We went to, what's it, Key 4, Quay 4, whatever that place is at the waterfront for dinner. And they've got the bloody soccer on. So there's Ronnie and me sitting with a cell phone on the table watching the Sharks versus Leinster game. Yeah, but, but that's our own fault. What we should have done was go to Fireman's Arms or something. That's, I guess that is probably on us. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that gives away that we're bullies, Ronnie. Although everyone does know now that you're 52. Yeah, well, you're 62, so. <laughs> so, well, Ronnie, let's dive into the rugby from the weekend then. We had the first up Friday night, Ulster 10, Connacht 15. Surprise win for Connacht. We got that one wrong. We got that one wrong. I definitely thought Ulster was going to take that. And then Connacht just, I don't know, BMT. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone thought that Connacht were going to take that because the Stormers were pretty much ready to head overseas for a semi-final. And Connacht came from nowhere. It was one hell of a game. One try only from Lock Island O'Connor. But huge momentum swings throughout the fixture. I mean, it was it was anyone's at almost any point in the game. And I think... Connacht gets their win for a massive masterclass at the breakdown. Bundy Aki getting quite a few steals in there. Yeah, fantastic. And Bundy Aki being a center, right, getting a lot of steals. So yeah. playing, playing like, his, uh, like, he, like he belongs as a Lucy. 
Yeah, absolutely. So well done to them. Connacht will be heading down to face the Stormers, but we'll chat about that game a little bit later. Then, Ronnie, onto the game at Greenpoint, the big North versus South Derby. Stormers winning that one 33-21. How much of the game do you remember from the stands? <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. Water will do that to you, hey? Yeah, so look, from what I can remember, I suppose Stormers were in charge from the get-go, right? The Bulls were never in it. Yeah, Bulls were never in that one. The Stormers really were pinning them back. It was a very, very strong Stormers performance. And we've said it here, but the Stormers pack just functions different when Dion Faria is in it. They have a very, very accurate breakdown then, and that allows their backline to flourish and attack the space quite easily. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Stormers just had the edge from the get-go, and you're absolutely right with Dion Faria. He even had one disallowed try, so Dion Faria played amazingly. Yeah, so that brings up six straight wins for the Stormers over the Blue Bulls. They started this one off with an opening try from Hasjiva Diamani. See a future Bach, Ronnie. Guys are raving quite a lot about him. He's got some competition. He definitely has some competition. But I think he fits in with that Stormers side. I think he's had a stellar season. And, you know, great from the young man. Let's see him keep it up and eventually don the green and gold. Yeah, hopefully. I think I've said in previous podcasts, the Springboks always do well when the Bulls do well. And I think that's going to change now. Unfortunately, I think it's a case of the Springboks are going to do well if the Stormers do well. So, Well, then Stormers, please keep it up. Then, Ronnie, I think I have to give a shout out to Marnie Lubok again. Hey, He had a bit of an off game the previous fixture. Bounced back tremendously, six from six at posts. But it's his passing game that impresses me so much. You look at the tries there, Lionel or Leland Zass scoring one. David scoring one, both out wide. And that's partly attributable to Marnie's long passing game. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think he just needs some game time at Springboks because he's our second choice fly-off, in my opinion. And in fact, you know, Andre Pollard better play his socks off. Yeah, I think the rugby championship is going to be crucial for Marnie Lubbock. I think that'll decide the Bok coaches whether or not they're going to back Alton's experience or take Marnie with. Well, he's still got a couple of knockout games to, to hopefully get through. And if he can marshal his team through through the semifinal and hopefully into the final as well, that's going to be quite telling, right? Yeah, I mean, any team that can lead a side to two finals is definitely someone worth talking about. Mm-hmm. And then, Ronnie, we say goodbye to a legend of South African rugby after this weekend. We spoke about it a little bit in the stands, but Bismarck Duplessis hanging up his boots. Oh, Mr. Two Plus Three. Yeah, thank you for all you've done for Springbok Rugby Bismarck. I'll never forget your hit on Dan Carter and how much I swore at the ref afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, enjoy your time, Pompadidampo. You definitely butchered that, but well done. It's still very funny. Thank you, Ronald. Then we go on to Leinster, 35-5 for the Sharks. Ronnie, I'm going to let you start this one off. What do we say, though? What do you say? This is your... I was confident that the Sharks had this in the bag, right? Yeah, I mean, Grant Williams... Quick try early on, Sharks first points on the board. Looking hopeful, you know, you've got to get it up on Leinster early. And unfortunately, it was all one-way traffic after there. Yeah. 21-5 yeah. at halftime. So absolutely, you said that though. We missed the first try, that's how quick it was from the Sharks. And then thereafter, it just fell apart. And it was Leinster, Leinster, Leinster. I think the cold weather got to the Sharks and they just could not perform. It was, it was, what's the word? Shameful disappointing which i think sums up this season as well going to leinster and playing leinster is a tough task and it must be said this was not leinster's top top strength side there were a number of players missing 
unfortunately for them, Kalen Doris having a massive fixture. But I mean, Mapimpi's yellow card proved crucial. Two tries came from Leinster then. Very, very difficult to stem that momentum once Leinster get going. Summing up the whole shark season, James Fenter, head clash at the ruck, disallows Rohan Janssen van Rensburg's try. A little bit of good with a little bit of bad. And as Ronnie always says, sharks smack bang in the middle. Yeah, world's most average team. World's most average team, and they've certainly proved that. But that's the way it goes, Ronnie. Then, Glasgow versus Munster. Five points for Glasgow, 14 to Munster. Munster getting the win there away from home. Also a bit of a surprise. Something I we definitely got wrong. So I backed Munster, I backed, backed Glasgow. I said that Glasgow were on a roll and Munster just seemed to be struggling. But it looks sounds like uh, when Ulster couldn't make it, Munster decided to be the next Irish team to to make it. So well done to Munster. Yeah, so two tries to one in that fixture. It was an absolute dogfight. That was an arm wrestle of a game. Those guys really went all in in this one. And it's proven very costly for Munster. They've sustained five injuries as a result of this. So they are now suffering injuries to Archias Neyman, Peter Omahani, Malachi Fekitoa, Connor Murray, and Calvin Nash. Those are big names that won't be able to play Leinster this weekend in the semi-final. Yeah, but I think Munster, yeah, they're up against it, but I think they can pull, they can, they can do something magical. The way that Connor beat against Ulster, I think that Munster can, can pull it, pull it off against Leinster, right? Yeah. Bold statement on the podcast this week, Ronnie. (laughs) So, as we did with the Lions in previous episodes, if anyone wants to check that out when they departed the URC, let's just have a bit of a look at the Sharks' season, Ronnie. You know, their failures this year. I think very dismal performances. The box never really showed up for the side. No. It was interrupted season from them the whole way through. And as a Sharks fan, you've got to be disappointed with a squad like that not performing to the best of its abilities you have to be disappointed and you've given me a lot of shit over the last couple of months for for being so critical of the sharks and saying that they are the world's most average team but they are really they are it's just disappointing being the sharks there's no there's nothing to be proud of at this point and and like you said the spring box that are in the team just didn't seem to perform uh yeah it's disappointing no it is and i mean now we see thomas detoy departing siokalisi departing Look, we've got Vincent Koch coming in. I see a number of players have re-signed to stay with the union. Guys like Ox, Bongi, you know, Eben's there till 2027. Pepsi, Noche, which is great to see. But I think the biggest signing of all, which is now confirmed, John Plumtree. Yeah, so what can we pin the dismal performance on? And I think perhaps disruption in the coaching staff. I think that Neil Powell did okay, considering he was it was suddenly thrust upon him as to be the coach, but I think with Plumtree coming in, he knows he knows Durban. He's been there before. He's learned quite a bit over in Kiwiland. I think this is hopefully we're gonna see an upward trend here. Yeah, I think for me the first thing I want to see Plum come in and do is sit down with the senior players and come up with this team's identity. Because they haven't really got a playing style. You look at the Bulls, you look at the Stormers, how they play the game, their ethos of attack, of defense. And the Sharks don't really have that. It's always just this mismatch. So that's the first thing he needs to get in place. And after that, the coaching takes place, selecting the right squad and, and going forward. There was a time where the Sharks were absolutely, absolute bulldozers with, with respect to their forwards. I mean, the, the rolling mall lineouts is set, or oh, the scrum was so strong, but that just kind of fell away. Yeah, so we definitely need to see that return. Then Ronnie, over to the Bulls. They've obviously also bowed out of the URC. 
So we've spoken Bismarck's retiring. We're not sure what other squad changes are coming there. But there's been quite a few calls for Jake White to go. What do you make of that? Yeah, I wouldn't say Jake White's a problem. No, I wouldn't either. I mean, the man's got one hell of a rugby CV. Yeah, he's got one hell of a rugby CV. And there was a point where I was a little bit anti, anti-Jake. But I think he's kind of won me over. I think he's pragmatic. He's sensible about the things that he does there over at the Bulls. But I just think that the Bulls just don't have the the quality in, in with respect to, to their current players. They had some big-name players that have obviously left, and they've got Mone Stain retiring at the end of the year. I think they, they desperately need some quality players to come back and, and join the team. Yeah, I have to agree with that. The Bulls have generally been signing older players, not really the young, mm-hmm. lively, X-factor guys that you want to see joining their ranks. Although they do have Kirtley, Arnson, and Kane and Moody, you do want to see them get a few more young game breakers. Which is curious for me then to see that there's talks of Dwayne Vermeulen returning to Pretoria. You know, you've got Ulrich Lowe, you've got Marco van Staden. Is that really the best signing? Would he not be better placed at the Lions maybe? You know, it's, it's a tough one. Well, looks like Jake enjoys his, his older, more experienced players to come in there and sort of be coaching coach slash, slash players. That was difficult. Like a Bismarck. So with Dwayne coming back, maybe that's just to keep him fit until the World Cup and perhaps a little bit after. But yeah, probably not what they really need. I think they should look at their they should look at their nines and their tens and their centers. That's that's where I think they need some work done. Because look, they've got great props. Jan Krobelar is fantastic at hooker and I don't think that their problem is very much in the Lucy's. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Ron. You're speaking a lot of sense. To yeah, me. this is a bit of a problem now because every time I say something in the last couple of weeks, you have, you just say, I have to agree with you. So can you just like not agree with me now? Say, I disagree with yeah. you. Why do you disagree? Thorfer Mullen belongs in Pretoria. He's going to save the Blue Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> not believable enough for you, hey, Ronald. Okay. No, look, obviously we're huge Thor fans. I just don't think it's the correct signing for the Bulls team. Jake White has said, you know, the, the box won't be playing Curry Cup for him. He's first going to sit down and look at how to approach the season. And I think all South Africans need to just bear in mind, this was the first time ever we played two competitions at once, actually three with the Curry Cup. So coaches were bound to make a couple of logistical errors, selection errors. And next year, hopefully we'll see a bit of a smoother transition, especially without the Autumn Internationals interfering in the early stages of the URC. I have to agree with you. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so I think, I think I'll pass on being a little bit overly critical of of some of the dismal performances by the South African sides. I think maybe I'm being unfair to them. I think in previous podcasts, I did say that it would take a season or two or three before we sort of found our footing in all the competitions and balancing squad sizes and and whatever. So I think you're right. They were bound to to make some slip-ups. And look, we'd learned a lot from this season. The Stormers are still in it from a South African perspective with the URC, so it's all get behind them. But yeah, I, let, maybe, let's just see what happens in the next season. It's yeah. not too far away. It's not, but I just want to say that I now have a recording of you telling me that I am right. So thanks, Ronnie. I'm going to make that my message, Toe. So, Superbrew, are you ready to show the listeners how wrong you are on Superbrew? Okay, do you know what position you... Okay, we'll, get, we'll save that the best for last. So in third place in the URC... Punted group, we do have Esteban on 135.2 points, 
Esteban's name is Esteban Pretorius. So, and let's just see who he supports. He's a, oh, he's a bloody Stormers fan. <laughs> uh, then in second place, 138 points, we've got Wade's got it. That's Wade Cox. He's a Celsi Sharks fan, legend. And then top spot, I think this, he was top spot last round as well. 138.25 points is Sake Vess, aka Davi Liebenberg. He's a bloody Stormers fan. Great to see no balls in the top three here, right? Yeah, that's a good point. So, the rugby punted pool, I am 137th. What are you? 86th. <laughs> Let's see. 86th. 868th, <laughs> you bloody idiot. That's 0.8, Ronnie. 86.8. Well, you can't like, be half a position. Yeah, of course you can. I'm an eighth of a position, not half. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Ronnie, well done. You are beating me in the URC, but there's still three rounds left. So, let's see how this goes. There's not three rounds left. There's two semifinals and a final. Three games left. Three games left. Two rounds. Bloody idiot. I, if I was a listener, I'd unsubscribe. So, Ronnie, let's take a preview of the semifinals. They will be played this weekend. We first have Connacht versus the Stormers. That one's down in Cape Town. That's going to be a very interesting fixture for sure at Greenpoint. I see Connacht is already here. That fixture is kicking off at 4 o'clock on Saturday. What are your predictions? <sighs> Stormers are on fire. So we've got to support them. We're also South African. Grinds my gears. Really, it does that I have to support the Stormers. But I will be doing so because I am. My blood is green. Not Connacht. Not Connacht <laughs> green. Springbok green. So, yeah, Stormers. Look, Stormers are going to are gonna dominate Connacht. It's going to be similar to the Stormers-Bulls game. 33-21. Watch this space. So, we're we going down to Cape Town this weekend. Can you find me a sponsorship, please? <laughs> Yeah, I have to agree with you, Ronnie. I think Stormers are going to take this one, but I think it's going to be a good 20-point margin in that one. I think it's a bit too much for Connacht. Difficult game last week, plus the travel. Plus the altitude at sea level is just going to punish Yeah, that sea level altitude is something else. I hope Connacht players are listening to this. Altitude's crazy, darling. (laughs) (laughs) Then we go over Leinster hosting Munster. I think that's going to be a hell of a tough fixture for Munster in light of the injuries that they've suffered. Leinster are cooking and likely to fill out the rest of their starting side with the guys in preparation of next week's Champions Cup final. So what do you think is going to happen in that game? Leinster by 12. So I believe Mans are going to win that game. It's a bold prediction, Ronnie, but... Because Leinster can't first. make it through the semifinals in the URC. I mean, they couldn't do it last year, they're going to do it this year, and Munster's going to take it. Okay, well, you guys heard that here first. Ronnie, if you're right, I'll buy you a beer. So it's going to be a final in Cape Town. Then we're going to the final. <laughs> Find us a sponsorship. <laughs> there we go. So, Ronnie, let's take a quick hop over to the Curry Cup. Some action there this weekend. Griquas getting a home 25-21 point win over the Lions. Good for the Griquas. Yeah, well done to the Griquas. Look, this seems to be a highly, highly contested tournament, right? So, a lot of teams beating each other. So, Lions did very well last, last week. Not so well this week. Then Cheetahs getting a 26 to 21 point win over the Western yes! Province. Lacquer Cheetahs. Yeah, Lacquer Mana, well done. Good win for the Cheetahs there in Bloemfontein. Then we hop over to Mbombela where the Pumas got a 45 to 25 point win over the Griffins. Over the Giant Slayers. It's a bit of a funny one for me because the Pumas started the season really strong. They seem to have leveled out a little bit. You would have expected them to get a bit of a bigger score against the Griffins. You're talking still... about they scored 45 points on the Griffins. Yeah, but come now, it's the Griffins. Okay, they did beat the Blue Bulls. Another chance to remind the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys heard that, but the Griffins beat the Blue Bulls. Yeah, bad. 
Then Bulls, they got a ho- or they lost at home to the Sharks, 27 points to 41. So the Sharks at least getting one win on the board this weekend. Bulls suffering double defeats. Good. As no, you can tell, we're not say. Bulls supporters. No, I lie. I like the Bulls. Bulls are my second. Well, it depends what competition we're talking about. But well done to the Pumas. I love the Lofelders because us Lofelders, we know what's up. Bulls, you know, I'm not supporting you in the Curry Cup, but support you in the UFC. Unfortunately, you're out now, so I suppose I'm not supporting you at all anymore. Fair enough, Ronnie. That was a very complicated way of saying nothing at all. So, Ronnie, let's just have another review of Greenpoint Stadium. It's the second time we've attended this ground. You know, a couple of guys wrote in, we spoke about Ellis Park previously. They've asked us to give it a second chance. But honestly, being down in Cape Town, again, just proved they did, They know how to do rugby. So we went to Ferryman's. We Correct. had a couple of beers. Correct. And we decided to walk to the stadium. Fantastic. What a breeze. What a breeze. And we showed up at Greenpoint Stadium and there was a queue. There was a queue. But what kind of queue, Ronnie? A quick queue. A quick queue. Guys, it was unbelievable. Everyone in a straight line. And we got there. We're like, shit, this is going to be long. Nope. Boom. Five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes. Not even. We were through the turnstiles into the stadium. And then there was a problem. And then there was a problem. There was a beer tent. There was a beer tent. But there was a queue at the beer tent. There was a queue at the beer tent. But Ronnie, guess what? What? There was another beer tent. There was another beer tent? Was there a queue at that beer tent? No. There was no queue at that beer tent. <laughs> right, I so... will be posting videos of this all just to prove my point. But we literally walked in there. Ronnie got a beer before I could pull out my phone to take a video. That's how quick it was. Yeah. There was literally no one there. And that queue is in the stadium right behind the so stadium. It's not a beer tent. It's the actual beer stall inside the stadium. Correct. But how many minutes? Maybe 20, 30 minutes before kickoff? Yeah. And we literally just walked straight to the front, got two beers out of there. So what did you say? It's good facilities planning. Yeah, great facilities planning. Abs- but I mean, this is the modern day stadium, right? So you actually can't compare these soccer stadiums to any of our previous old stadiums. I mean, we were in Bloemfontein. You can't even walk around the stadium at Bloemfontein. You can't go up the ramp and walk around the stadium within, you know, the stadium. Do you get what I'm saying? You actually have to leave the stadium, walk around the stadium, go in another side. So with Greenpoint, you sort of come in and you're at a toilet. And you're at a place you can get a burger and you're at a place you can get a beer. And then you just kind of walk to your seat, which is easy. So convenient, guys. For those that haven't been there, if you ever get the opportunity, please do take it. It is really, really worth it. But also just to say that stadium, the view inside is epic. The walkways are there. Unfortunately, Ronnie won't allow me to post the video of the bathrooms because I was trying to illustrate to everyone. Okay, that are, you gonna, are you going to tell everyone why we can't post that? So we were taking a video outside the men's bathroom and I was trying to show everyone the bathrooms are under the stands. So they're out of the way. It's one queue in, quick walk out, tons of urinals. And then I stupidly said, well, I'm also going to show you the girls' bathrooms. <laughs> and yeah, Ronnie cut me off there. Obviously, that was not a good idea. But as Ronnie said, I'd had a few beers at Ferryman's. Yeah, so anyways, you're absolutely right, right to the bathroom. So you go down the staircase on the left side and you go to the bathroom. And when you come out, you're coming out the other side of the staircase. So people aren't walking into one another. There's always one idiot that does go down the wrong way. But anyway, so it's just this flow of people. There's, you know, 45,000 people and you don't feel like you're ever in someone else's personal space. Yeah, so that'll be the last video I post. It was five minutes before kickoff and I took a video of the walkways in the stadium. And it's just, it feels like you're six hours early for kickoff. It feels like there's 200 people at the stadium. Yeah. So unbelievable. Huge shout out to Greenpoint. 
And then something Ronnie pointed out right at the end, their turnstiles get packed away at the end of the fixture. So it's easy to exit the stadium as well. There's no turnstiles slowing the flow of traffic as you guys leave the stadium. It's true. It's true. So absolute legends who planned the stadium out. And obviously they have an advantage being a more modern stadium. But yeah, no excuse for Ellis Park to not meet these standards. Well, they have to demolish the stadium and rebuild it if they really want to do it the way that these modern stadiums are being built. Yeah, I suppose you have a point So there. that's the excuse. The we, excuse is that you'd have to destroy the stadium. We buy cars, get in there. <laughs> then, Ronnie, we look at the Springboks. They have their training camps, two of them scheduled for May. So the first one will be taking place from the 17th to the 19th of May and the second one from the 29th to the 31st of May, both in Durban. So 15 Springboks were invited to this first session. Lucania Um, Kirkley Aronsa, Peter Steff de Toy, Thomas de Toy, Ibn Etzebeth, Jaden, Sia, Vili, Mapimpi, Bongi, Kanan Moody, Ox, Quacha, Marco van Staden, and Grant Williams. So it's mostly the guys that are out of the URC and then a couple of Japan players who are done with their obligations as well. Yeah, no, it's good. So are they joining the existing camp or did the existing camp go back to their Curry Cup teams? This is the first one. Is this the first this is the first I'm sure one. there was another one. Okay, so this is the first one comprised primarily of, like you say, the Japanese players and those that aren't in the URC anymore. So, yeah, look, it's early in the year. Yeah, so this is mostly alignment camps. It's information sessions planning for France and for the rugby championship. The squad will formally be named and gather in Pretoria from Friday, June 12th to June 30th. And the following week, they'll enter test week and start preparing there to take on Australia under the guidance of Eddie Jones at Loftus, which is now sold out, Ronnie. And you've got tickets. I've got tickets. We've got tickets. I don't owe you money for those tickets anymore. No, you don't. But yes, we've got tickets. That's going to be a lacquer one. And also talking about tickets, have you seen the Stormers tickets open today? 22,000 tickets sold already. For this weekend? Yeah. Against Connacht. Very impressive, Stormers. You guys are drawing the fans out, so whatever you're doing is working. Same for the box. I think the guys are loving the outdoor sports again after we missed out on it for so long. Over to Super Rugby quickly. There were some interesting fixtures on the cards. So the Rebels went down 26-33 to the Brumbies. The Reds lost to the Waratahs 24-32. But a game that came way closer than anyone would have expected is the Blues winning 31-30 to Moana Pacifica. Very narrow win. Yeah, well done to, to the Blues. I suppose. So yeah, look, Moana Pacifica, it's always good to see them performing really well. And uh, just want to, want, to, want to see a little bit more consistency from them, stringing together some better performances. Yeah, I mean, that game was in Auckland even, so very well done to them. They mounted quite the challenge there. Crusaders, they got a 48-13 win against the Western Force. That was a good win for them. Very impressive. And then Ronnie, the big one of the weekend, the one that definitely deserves some praise. Fijian Drew are getting a 27 to 24 point win over the Hurricanes. So there's a cheeky member of our WhatsApp group that predicted that one and got all the points. Who was that? Bloody Liam. Liam. He, he, backed, he backed the Drew against the Hurricanes and took all three points in Super Brief. Margin, bonus, and win. Liam, no more brandy in your morning coffee. Yeah. <laughs> We call that a Moor coffee. Yeah, Moor Moor coffee. Police coffee. Yes, Liam, well done on that pick. I wouldn't have expected that. But Drew have been playing well at home this year at least same thing drew as with honor pacifica you just want to see they, they have great performances but they're very sporadic and you know there's few there's far between you want to see some consistency you want to see some consistency you want to see them string together some good performances 
because you know that's what that's what the top teams in the world can do and then ronnie on the refereeing thing again just to touch on it briefly i don't know if you saw jake white was very upset with the officiating of the storm but he's always game. upset and that's why i think going back to what i said earlier that's why he sort of fell out of favor a bit with me at one point because he does complain a lot he does complain a lot very unhappy with yaku paper's performance but shout out to yaku first south african ever to officiate a champions cup final he's been the ref appointed for leinster versus la rochelle hmm. did not know that and that's very cool yeah so well done yaku that's uh, i like yeah. yaku paper people are, are very critical of him random fans and, and whatnot but i always thought yaku paper does his job very well yeah so he definitely deserves that appointment it'll be great to see and then wayne barnes is taking charge of the challenge cup he officiated the champions cup final last year so ronnie Another thing I saw in the news this week, Apiwe Dianti, three months left on his ban. There was talk of him joining the Sharks, but that's gone quiet. Do you expect the Lions to maybe make a move on him? You kind of caught me off guard with that question now. I didn't know. I thought we were still waiting another year. Yeah, three months left, eh? <laughs> Technically, he's eligible before the World Cup. Well, let's not, let's, <laughs> not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. He's got a lot of competition in the Springbok team to get back. Look, he was on fire back then. That game that we won against the All Blacks before the World Cup, where we, in 2018, when we started to believe we could actually do this thing, he was integral in that. Then he scored two tries there, perhaps. I don't really know what to say. He kind of let me down. Yeah, 100% agree with you. I hope he doesn't sign at the Sharks. We gave Chili Boy a chance and he certainly wrecked that. But be that as it may, that's a player that's likely to make a return soon. And then a bit of tension between some of our unions here in South Africa. So... Saru published their financials and their financial reports, and it showed that there's a 23 million back pay that hasn't been done for 2022 to 2020, sorry, 2021 to 2022, which was due to COVID and the reduction in revenue. But the Bulls and Sharks are not happy because Saru wants to write this off, and Saru is not paying them whilst funding the Stormers. Yeah. And it's now revealed that that's the reason. The Stormers have been able to keep 10 Springboks on their books. I agree. I mean, the Stormers have been doing really well considering they were bankrupt. Yeah. At one point. So it is a little bit unfair to the other unions that have had to manage their books a little bit better. And, you know, the Stormers slash Western Province were a little bit irresponsible in their, in their spending. Yeah. Uh, they were put under administration and they're now getting support from Saru and the other teams are not getting what's due to them. Yeah, and this is contractually due to them. So you can definitely understand their frustrations. The Cheetahs are actually voting with the Bulls and the Sharks as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. But I'm just going to put it out there because I did to a colleague of mine, Aiden, today. Technically, if the Stormers win, we should be entitled to their winnings. And it's partially ours since we're funding them. That's a bold statement too. Just to irritate the Stormers fans a little bit. I thought Ronnie would have loved that one. Yeah, but that's not, that's not going to fly. No, there's no way. <laughs> so, Ronnie, we had Kevin Wright in this week. Kevin didn't give me his surname, so we'll just call you Kev or Kevin. Shot. <laughs> I like it. Kev. Shot for writing in. Please drop us your details so we can send you through your punted merch. I will indeed need your surname there, though, bud. So, Kevin asked us, three Irish sides and one South African side go through. Is this showing what's to come in the World Cup? No, because we know that Ireland can't make it through the quarters. Yeah, I was actually really hoping the Sharks would knock Leinster out so we could say, you know, Leinster's practicing for their exit in the World Cup later, but yeah, that know, wasn't no, look, to be there. What did Russie say? Their history's meant to be broken or something ridiculous like that. When uh, 
two things happened when we won the rugby championship and someone asked him, you know, the team that's won the rugby championship has never gone on to win the rugby world cup. And he responded accordingly to that. And then when we lost to the All Blacks in the opening fixture in the 2019 World Cup, we, Rassi said at the end, history is meant to be broken. Yeah, and Rassi... Which makes no sense, by the way. Rules are meant to be broken. (laughs) We get you, Rassi. So for me, it doesn't make much of a difference. It doesn't really speak much because we've spoken quite a bit on the podcast of how, you know, it's been a bit of a disjointed season from the South Africans and the Springboks in particular taking their preseason during actual in-season and eight weeks out and all of this. So I think it's very hard to judge where everyone is and, and how the Bach players' forms look. And I've said it before, I think rugby championship is where we're going to know really where the team sits heading into the World Cup. Exactly right. I think South Africans always do better in their national team than they do for their clubs, right? Yeah. Their domestic teams. We just need one team. And like I said earlier... We- Springboks have always done well when the Bulls were at the top. And I think perhaps that's swinging now. We need a core team coming from the Stormers who are doing exceptionally well. And that will be what defines the performance of the Springboks going into the end of the year. So very central uh, Stormers setup sprinkled with a little bit of Sharks and Lions and Bulls. Yeah, so that'll definitely be good to see. Then, Ronnie, something that's been quite entertaining for me after this weekend. So those of us, those of you that follow us on Instagram would have seen my post of the Mavericks aeroplane flying over the stadium. They do a lot of promoting down there in Cato. Every bloody time we're down there. Yeah, that plane's flying over, advertising, you know, come to Mavericks. So I posted that up. Ronnie, every strip club in Cape Town follows us now. <laughs> it's unbelievable. They all started following us. Obviously, we entered some algorithm there. And then, guys, just a quick thing. Our emails have been down, so we may have missed some emails that you guys sent through. We will be getting back to you on those. They have started coming through from today. Load shedding. Yeah, so we'll definitely be getting in touch with you guys. We really do appreciate everyone reaching out. And then lastly, a shout out to the guys we met in the stands at Cape Town. Congratulations on your engagement. Unfortunately, I was a few beers in, so I do not recall your name. Yeah, massive congrats. And thanks, guys, for tuning in this week. Come back next week, Wednesday. And yeah, don't forget to like, subscribe, and give us a follow on your preferred listening platform. Or your unpreferred one.